Welcome to Medically Speaking, Auburn's own medical radio show with host Dr. Mark Vaughn of the Auburn Medical Group and Larry Finney. And this is Larry Finney, and the doctors are in. Both of them. Yes, we are here. And not only are we here, but we have returning our first guest since we started back up in 2015, Dr. Kevin Hill. Well, thanks for having me back. What an introduction. Yeah, I thought you deserved that. He'll be like to our show, like Paul Simon is to Saturday Night Live. Oh, (laughs) Paul Simon. (laughs) Yeah, multiple guests. Paul Simon on Saturday Night Live. I thought he was on... uh... No, I'm thinking Paul Schaefer. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, you Schaefer. don't want to. You don't ah, want to yeah. confuse Paul Schaefer. Paul, Paul Schaefer, Simon. Paul Simon. They both play piano. Paul Simon doesn't play <laughs> piano, my friend. Paul Simon has hair. Isn't Paul Simon a senator from the South? He used to, no, he used to be a senator from Illinois. With, with the guy who wore the bow tie. The bow tie. Yeah. Okay. And he was on Saturday Night Live. Um. No. No. The Paul Simon, the singer. Never mind. You've you've <laughs> taken me. You've taken. Me completely off my track and we've lost our, our our guest doctor here oh we need to talk about our guest doctor because he was on the hepatitis c show that was uh our first return to medically speaking radio in, this year and that was an incredibly popular show that continues to get downloads upon downloads in the hundreds and then so, in, the, in the multiple hundreds and and, and the, which is for, to me shocking and surprising for a gastroenterologist people want to talk about the the naughty or the uh, unspeakable parts and we did we, we enjoy talking about butts and guts. We were doing it about 20 minutes before the show started. <laughs> I know. We always do the show before the show. Yeah, yeah. So this is Medically Speaking Radio. And uh, you, are, you did your intro, right? What's that? You did your intro that you had prepared that you... That was... Uh, I didn't prepare an intro. You went into your mind cave. And... Yeah. Yeah, I went right into my mind cave. So Medically Speaking Radio is a weekly live show that streams over the internet at medicallyspeakingradio.com, but mostly gets listened to over uh, the podcasts, over iTunes, or people go to the website and download particular subjects they're interested in. But people can be a part of the show. Uh, one of the ways is by either calling in with Skype during the show to talk to us or ask a question of our host. Another way is to either chat through Mixler if it's live, or they can talk to us through our Facebook, Medically Speaking Radio. They can email in to mark at medicallyspeakingradio.com. They can learn about upcoming shows by signing up for the newsletter on the right sidebar at medicallyspeakingradio.com. Put in their email address and their their first name, and they'll know about what shows, when they're coming up, when we pre-record them earlier in the week. That we'll tell them when, so they can listen in live to the pre-recorded shows. So this one's actually happening live on uh, April the 25th, 2015. So if, if it is April 25th, 2015, where you are and where you're listening, you know, check your calendar. You can call in right now. That's right. You can influence events. They can. And they can speak about uh, our subject or something else. But uh, we're going to be speaking about, who knows what we're talking about. It's it's a special month. April is a special month. April is Irritable Bowel Syndrome Month. Oh. But what was last month? Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, yeah. so we could touch on that too. I mean, not touch, but. Well, speaking speak. of being touched, I, uh, I, am, I am fresh from my own colonoscopy yesterday. Fresh and clean, and yeah, he looks much lighter. <laughs> Tell of, us how'd it go. It, it went well. Um, I did you get a date? Did what? Did you take a date? I well, yeah, I did. My my wife and I both actually got uh, colonoscopies. It's very romantic. <laughs> it's the his and her, yeah, it was the his and her package. I don't think they gave us any kind of a discount or anything. <laughs> they sure. have those at a lot of spa retreats. <laughs> his and her packages, that. but uh, yeah, n- usually that's an external massage, not the, yeah uh, internal type. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. 
Well, as regards that, you know, there's the uh, there's the prep, right? And they they we went to the drugstore and got our little the 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 size of the package they handed was was daunting. It was it was a big box, big ginormous box. Go lightly? No, it's called and this is the scary part. I mean, this is the Trojan horse part where they're trying to trick me. <laughs> movie prep. That's the one. Oh, movie we, prep. And you cannot watch a movie while you no. take this prep. No. I thought movie prep. I thought, oh, it's going to be a box of popcorn, some raisinettes, and it's going to be some Oh, cool. no raisins before colonoscopy. That's paper. exactly right. I, I read the instructions. <laughs> or I, corn. Or nuts. Right. Or beet juice. Or any of that kind of stuff. Now, you said the Trojan horse. Please don't use the word Trojan when talking about these sort of things. This was, is not a urology talk. I would No, I was referring to uh, the Greek uh, legend. Speaking of which, USC can be either University of Southern California yes. or University of South Carolina. University of South Carolina is the... Gamecocks. Thank you. University of Southern California is... The Trojans. Okay, what happens when you put the Trojans on the Gamecocks? Um, yeah, they, they can't do anything. All right, moving on. <laughs> that was really bad. That, that was, was bad. a bad pun, but it's you, okay. Well, it's too bad it went out live, but in post, post-production on the a podcast one, I, you take that one off. And only, and only our listeners who are listening live <laughs> are privileged to hear it. And, and actually, I just got a, uh, a, a text from Dr. Gwen Vaughn asking an IBS question. So I'm, I'm actually kind of wondering if he's listening live. Uh-huh. So we may have a listener in Oregon this morning, uh, in addition to our usual audience, live audience. Okay, well, what was a his listener question? in Oregon, you said, right? In, uh, amongst all the others who right. usually are. Well, yes. what we before we. Depart- I'm sorry that you were confused by the. Okay, never mind. Okay, let's focus here. We were we were we were talking about me, right? This is all about me. This yes, is my. Please okay. proceed. So anyway, movie prep turns out to not to be anything about movies, as Doctor Hill pointed out. <laughs> You cannot sit still when you're taking this prep to watch a movie. I mean, you can maybe watch a, oh, I don't know, a, a sixty-second commercial or something. But you know, <laughs> once that it. thing kicks in, you you know, you're going to be elsewhere. Anyway, it, and and the stuff tastes like flat Seven Up with salt added to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that a pretty accurate? Uh, yeah, I, I call it salty Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not with a whole, thicker texture than water. Yeah, it's not altogether unpleasant I, and the best way to do it is to just down the hatch don't sip slowly well i'll give you some hints for your next decade when you need it okay uh <laughs> use a straw oh that way it doesn't coat your tongue and then if you want to drink water or whatever you can put lemon in the water that's gonna say and then lemon. it cuts that thickness that you get on your tongue when you drink the stuff oh it an olive Ooh, no yeah no don't do that <laughs> No, choose different glassware to serve it in. Well, and clear liquids doesn't include vodka or anything <laughs> like that. You know, so. I asked them. I asked them. This is clear liquids. Is that beer? No, that's a blood thinner. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Darn. Because you could drink black coffee. Oddly enough. Oh, Just, only the morning of. Only the morning of. Because okay. it won't get there in time. No, because I don't want to begrudge anyone their coffee and make them more angry than they already are. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get pretty grumpy people when they come in for this, right? Yeah, they go. I really didn't like you last night. <laughs> I go after I give you this little cocktail here to make you sleepy. You will, so. yeah. yeah I, I, you know, seriously, that's the best part of the whole process is the uh, the cocktail. Yes, the uh, anesthetic cocktail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had to have a little bit more. 
Yeah, because while they were, I was uh, assumed the position, which is the, uh, I don't know if CPR folks, it's the rescue position, it's kind of a uh, uh, fetal position, laying on one side, <clears throat> and they um, enter the, uh, let's see, what would we call the thing? The scope. Colonoscope. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could feel it, and uh, it was uh, kind of uncomfortable, and I was squirming and, and going, ooh, ah, and like, and not, not in a happy way, and they said, <laughs> well... I finally, the nurse says, <laughs> good to know. She says, oh, just breathe. Well, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to breathe. What's that going to do for me? It sounds yeah. like, it's not, I'm not in labor. I, you know. we, we tell people concentrate on their breathing because yeah. it takes their yeah, yeah. frontal lobe awareness well, to well, something. Right. Well, actually what happens on. with that is they, when you take a deep breath, it relaxes your muscles and you're not, the muscles aren't yeah. squeezing on your bowel and it makes the scope easier to pass. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, here's what made it easier to pass. She says, um, we're going to hit you with a little more of this stuff. And then, yeah, I kind of remember a lot after that. Yeah. I remember, uh, back in my training when I was around colonoscopy, something I was impressed with was being able to see the light on their abdomen. I I don't think most people know through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You you see it. If you have your build, no problem. (laughs) Sumo wrestler, we're not seeing nothing on the outside, okay? I mean, it's just not going to happen. It has to go through. So so if you have a lot of subcutaneous fat, it's not going to show. A lot of padding, not going to see the light. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But you, but you're, then you're like E.T. You're just sort of glowing like that? You could Like E.T., person? yeah. Yeah, wow. you can see it. Cool. From inside. Who knew? So you know no, where you're I at. I didn't want to see the game film afterward. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, see the image. It's on YouTube right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on YouTube. <laughs> play by well, play. All I wanted to hear was, was hit the, I see no polyps, and that's what I heard, and I'm, I'm good. So. Should we do a show where we actually do like a play-by-play, and we'll have the color guy, and we'll have the other guy for uh, a colonoscopy? Well, we okay, tried to do coming that around. with your uh, cardio thing. Oh, we did, yeah. yeah. Did you hear that one? I did not. Dr. Sai did a, uh, a stress test on me, and so we actually did the show with the stress test. He was trying to, you to, hear the to treadmill set going. the record for being on the, the treadmill uh, longer than any of Dr. Sai's patients. He I he came within a quite, minute. He came within, yes, mere yeah. seconds. Yeah. And remember, we're in the endurance capital of the world, so yeah. don't judge me. Anyway. Well, this is the marathon guy. He can go. So no, yeah. I've never done a marathon. So Actually, I should say, Dr. Gwainvon, my partner at Auburn Medical Group, he is doing a half marathon today. Well, good for him. Speaking of my family. Oh, did I say my partner was my family? Speaking of my family, uh, my mom's birthday was yesterday. Oh. Everybody who knows her, uh, Frida turned 80 yesterday. Wow. Yeah, happy flies, birthday. So, happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. So one of the things that this doc told me yesterday as to why it was so difficult for him to make these turns is that I had diverticulosis. Losis. Not the itis, not the osis. Losis. So what the heck is diverticulosis? I, I call diverticulosis potholes in the road. Uh-huh. So yeah. that's what it looks like. It's thin areas of the colon and it's where, uh, to make it easy where blood vessels kind of come in and sometimes you can form this little pocket due to pressure or sometimes genetics. Uh-huh. Um, so the potholes are called diverticulosis, very common. When they get infected, that's when it becomes itis and that's not common. Okay. So I don't just have the painful. itis, I just have the osis. Well, and... 30% by age 60 have diverticulosis and 60% by age 80, so pretty common. Oh, okay. So not, not an unusual thing. Not unusual. Oh, I, I don't mean to take away from IBS or irritable well, bowel we'll syndrome, there. but uh, on the subject of diverticulitis, and since you are a GI doctor, I'd like to get your opinion. I hear 
both ways about seeds and nuts in the diet in diverticulitis. Patients will swear it happened after I had a bag of popcorn or strawberries or tomatoes, whatever it is that they say is getting stuck in their pockets. Okay. Here's what I, there's no paper that says that causes a problem. Okay. So fiber is good. So we know cucumbers, that. tomatoes, strawberries, blackberry, all that stuff's fine. Some people do eat a bucket of popcorn. They have a problem. <laughs> they uh, have a, bun- a problem. A bag of nuts, probably going to have a little issue, but all in all, uh, nuts are fine with diverticulosis. Thank Just you. Stay well hydrated and eat good amount of fiber and you shouldn't have a problem. Thank you. Actually, when we do scopes, there's stool caught in the diverticula and you really can't get rid of that uh so okay so that's what it's being not seeds stuck there but just regular old stuff yeah. passing through yeah um so when you talk about the fiber this would be a chance for me to throw up on our post throw not throw, throw up. up that's a gi term <laughs> to place on our post for this show a little link to amazon where people can buy uh metamucil oh metamucil and i yeah some people, I think I'll do that. We do. We suggest Metamucil or Citrusil, but um, yeah, I like uh, Benefiber. Benefiber for me personally, if I'm going to use something, because it dissolves very nicely in liquids, and you don't get okay. the gritty taste. I have Metamucil on the Auburn Medical Group webpage. I'll do Benefiber on this post for this show. Yeah, because Doctor Hill recommends it. All right. Okay, we'll do that. Make sure I do that. So IBS, this must be, oh wait, before we get to IBS, before we do that, I'd like to honor our agreement with our sponsor. Oh, okay. So we're going to pay the bills. You're going to pay the bills. Here we go. We're going to hear a message from Auburn Oaks Care Center. Auburn Oaks Skilled Nursing Center on Bell Road is a team of physicians, nurse practitioners, nurses, and rehabilitation therapists who are there during an extraordinary time in your life. We provide the necessary essentials you need to weather through the storm. Call us. The first thing we'll do is listen. Then you'll get expert advice on what to expect. You'll know that Auburn Oaks is the best skilled nursing care center when you learn more about us. Make the decision and go to auburnoakscarecenter.com. And we're back. Yes. With Dr. Hill, our famous gastroenterologist. And and he since he didn't learn from his first experience, he's back for a second. <laughs> yes. And I, before we jump into IBS, I'm sorry, you're about to speak. No. I, I want to remind our listeners, anytime uh, while we're talking to Dr. Hill about IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, they can Skype in by clicking the little blue S on the right side, the right uh, sidebar on the uh, monitor there of their computer to open up Skype and ask us a question. Well, and you don't have to limit your uh, conversations, your callers to IBS. You can talk about your own colonoscopy experiences or ask me about mine or, or have us allay your fears and apprehensions about any of these types of things. GI. Let's, yeah. let's keep it GI if we can. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah, uh, well, we can talk about other things, but... Uh, yeah. I know. Let's ask the gastroenterologist neurology questions. Uh, <laughs> that'll be going back to medical school. <laughs> I know. Right. I say that all the time. So... Irritable bowel syndrome, since this is Awareness Month, what it, is? Irritable bowel is very common, and actually it makes a large part of our practice. Um, irritable bowel could be constipation predominant, diarrhea predominant, or mixed, which means the bowels could be normal one time, loose the next, hard the next day. It's just all over the place. But typically, uh, bloating, discomfort, feeling that, 
when you go to the bathroom, you don't get it all out. Uh, lumpy, bumpy stools, passing mucus. So all these kind of general vague complaints are, are part of the syndrome. Usually there's no bleeding unless you have hemorrhoids, and usually people aren't losing a lot of weight from this. Symptoms are during the waking hours only. When you go to sleep, you're not going to be woken up from pain typically. And what causes it? Well, you're going to love this. So they've done studies on this, and they had volunteers come in and say, hey, we're going to put a uh, catheter in your rectum and inflate air. And so they compared people with irritable bowel versus non-irritable bowel, and they put in uh, air. And the people with irritable bowel syndrome had significantly more discomfort with the same amount of air that the people who were normal didn't have any pain at all. So it has something to do with distension and how your body reacts to, dist to distension. Hmm. So they... The, the cause, though, is... is uh, it, it's a unknown. serotonin issue. And so uh, one of the treatments down the road of the therapy is antidepressants, SSRIs, which are serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Anyway, they um, found that 95% of the serotonin receptors are in the intestinal tract uh, compared to five in the brain. So it was one of these things kind of like minoxidil growing hair. Yeah. And it's for blood pressure, but they found it grew hair. Well, same thing with this. They gave these medicines to depress people and said, oh, my God, my IBS is better. And it led to more studies. And Maybe that's why they were depressed, because they had IBS. They absolutely. Know. Wow. And, and just to be clear for our audience, we're talking about Prozac and its classes. Right, yeah. yeah. Actually, we do have a question from Dr. Gwaine Vaughn. And his question is, oh, he knows someone. Oh, it's one of those questions. I, I have a friend. Hey, Doc, I have this yeah, friend who... Okay, okay it's so, okay. You can say yourself. So, so he's up doing the half marathon, and his question is, uh, uh, I know somebody that has a problem with diarrhea when he runs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why they call, that's why they call it the runs. Right? Is it okay to take Imodium prior to a half marathon? <laughs> and what should the timing be? Yeah, I would. if you have an issue... That, a lot of times that's uh, anxiety or stress from the event, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would do that probably uh, an hour before, and you should have you should be okay. But uh, <laughs> you need to drink plenty of fluids, uh, and the runners behind you will be very thankful you did take the emodium before the run, because if it happened uh, yeah. while they were running, that would be bad. Either that, or you can wear mud flaps. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't Ben, so right, it's kind of moist up there and wet. So, <laughs> well, you said the stress or the anxiety related to the event, but I. I know this person he's talking about who who gets the diarrhea when he runs, and it's not just before a half marathon. Right. He gets it when he's just running around Auburn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes it has to do with endorphins and release, so it's hard. To, okay. Yeah. When he's asked to do stuff around the office. So uh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. he he is given many responsibilities. They are assigned to him. So the uh, serotonin that's we found helps when you use the SSRIs, which is a yeah. Prozac class. So, you know, to make it easy, a lot of people don't like taking a bunch of medicines, especially ones that are considered antidepressants because people go, I'm not depressed. Right. So I reserve that one for later. I think the first and foremost thing you have to think about is your diet. Uh, a lot of studies show that certain foods can cause more problems. For instance, artificial sweeteners including Truvia or Stevia because when you eat those things, you can't absorb them. And that's why there are no calories, but all the bacteria in your system can, and the byproducts can give 
bloating sensation, diarrhea, cramps. We've talked about this before, uh, that sucralose doesn't seem to have that. Right. Yeah, which we find in certain, um, what are those drinks called? The Something ice. Ice, um, crystal ice, liquid ice, flavored ice. Uh, they're uh, kind of a sparkling, they have real fruit in them, yeah. zero calorie, but they use sucralose which doesn't cause these problems. But, it, but is that maybe because for sucr- some, but not for most. That's yeah. what I've, yeah. Is yeah. that because the body absorbs sucralose? No, zero calories, it can't no. absorb it. it. These these sweeteners you were talking about, they also got in the news because of their effect on hemoglobin A1C levels, meaning that diabetics have their blood sugar going up, Yeah, uh, which you don't want to do. Even though it's a diet drink with no calories, you're still getting this effect, uh, apparently mediated by gut bacteria. Right. And the sucralose, uh, there's an article by American Dietetics Association that found that, hey, it, it actually doesn't uh, like those, what do you say, stevia or? Yeah, truvia, stevia. Truvia, stevia, uh, aspartame. And then the aspartame and all that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, another plug for sucralose then. Sucralose seems Numerical to be a, sweetener. Well, I prefer people drink water if they're going to drink a drink. But if you're drinking diet sodas, this stuff would be better. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So... That's the first thing you focus on. The next thing, some people, common things being common, lactose intolerance. Milk. Milk products, cheese, heavy creams, whatever. And the easiest way to know if you're going to get by uh, with that is to uh, use um, lactate over the counter. So have your dairy and have a little lactate and see if you improve. And it does seem to work for a lot of people? It does. So diet change is always the first thing you do. You know, watch how much caffeine and these kind of things. And then some people go to the degree, well, maybe I'm gluten intolerant or, you know, and then you can kind of yeah. go a little nutty, but uh, yeah. no pun intended. So it sounds like a, a <laughs> trial and error type of thing at first. It, it is. It's diet change first. Clean it up. Get rid of the fast food. Uh, watch the artificial sweeteners, caffeine. And, you know, exercise is another important thing. A lot of people don't do enough of that. And stress causes problems in the body. and we won't make this a uh, a, a gluten show because no. we, we will need to do that sometime. In fact, we should probably schedule that now. What's open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, if somebody's going to go gluten-free, how long should they give it before they decide it worked or it didn't work? Okay. Well, we got two things. You have um, gluten allergy and gluten sensitivity. The allergy is easier to diagnose. You know, there's blood tests and biopsies on an uh, endoscopy. Uh, and there's some genetic testing you can do if there's ever any doubt. Um, gluten sensitivity is much more difficult because there's no test. It's kind of like, I go gluten-free, I feel a lot better. I was okay, gonna, I was fantastic. Saying there's, there's the therapeutic trial. I, I would say two weeks, Okay, and you're going to notice a difference by that time frame, as long as you're strict. Yes. You can't Very cheat strict. and go, well, I just had one piece of bread. Well, yeah. that kind of messes you up for another four or five days. Then you didn't do the test. Right. Yeah. It sounds like there's a stress factor involved in this whole yeah, thing. Well, it, there is. And as you know, stress affects lots of things. It can, there's stress-induced ulcers. And, you know, if you're stressed, you don't sleep at night. And if you don't sleep, you have other issues. And there's high, So there, it's, a, it's a huge problem with stress and diet first. So we focus on that initially. After that, uh, probiotics have been shown to help us. Probiotics being what, like, uh, th- these are the bacteria that are in yeah. your... So you can buy them over the counter. There's Floristore. There's a line. Uh, there's a bunch of different brands. But w- what it amounts to is that we have good bacteria in our system that, that right. help in our digestive process. Thousands. Thousands yes. of them? Thousands of species. 
Yeah. Ooh. And look at how stool weight is a good portion of its bacteria. So yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So when I say thousands of species, the number of actual organisms billions. <clears throat> billions. Mind boggling. Crawling with bacteria. That's that's what it is. That's a great thing that's to listen to on Saturday morning. Oh, you're crawling man. with bacteria. Especially yeah. if you got your headphones in and you're running a half marathon in Oregon. Right. <laughs> and you're wondering why you didn't take your emodium. Yeah. An hour uh, before the race. And, and darn, I like the, the mud flap suggestion. If only I'd heard it before I started the race. Uh, <laughs> don't wear those short little shorts. No, yeah. don't do that. Well, you could be like a, um, I don't know, like a, a cooking apron worn backwards. That would work. Yeah, yeah. that would work. It's or just wear flap. dark shorts. Speaking of the billions of bacteria, uh, I've heard that in the field of GI, the cutting edge stuff right now is considering the human body rather than a single organism, uh, an ecosystem, right? And treating it as such, uh, kind of an ecology management rather than uh, doctoring a single organism. No, it's true. Um, a lot of studies are done on prebiotics and probiotics and all these things, and. Uh, you know, there's some benefit. I mean, uh, the IBS studies show 50-60% improvement in gas bloat syndromes just from that. The other thing that uh, irritable bowel you have to think about is um, overgrowth of bad bacteria. And so you'll, people have been giving antibiotic therapy, and one of them is called Zyfaxin. Zyfaxin is a drug that was used for traveler's diarrhea. And what it is is it's not absorbed systemically. So kind of what stays in the GI tract leaves the GI tract so it doesn't go out to the other organs so it doesn't sterilize everything so people go on this for 10 days to two weeks and have improvement of their symptoms now how long these last are about you know three months four months but that gives you time to clean up your diet and take your probiotic and maybe things improve well that brings the question of the opposite would fecal transplantation have any role in IBS. So lots of issues with fecal transplantation. Ooh, I, I'm afraid to ask, but what this sounds like is, what okay. does it sound like? Is it, is it what I think it sounds like? Yeah. So you get a donor. Uh-huh. So, and then you oh, make pick a, me, pick me. yeah, yeah. Hope it's a good friend or someone you trust. <laughs> uh, so you get a poop donor and you make a poop slurry. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. And you strain it. And may and through a saline, and then I think they already strained to give it to you. Oh, well, you don't want a constipated person, <laughs> okay. so anyway, because there could be blood in it, we don't want that anyway. You strain this thing, make a slurry with saline, and then there's two ways of doing this one route or the other. One way is you put a nasogastric tube, which is a nice long tube that goes through your nose, down your throat, into your stomach, and then you pipe this stuff right into the small bowel through a syringe. Just say no. So burping is not a good thing after that. Oh, I feel lightheaded. Maybe you should sit down. <laughs> anyway, um, the other way is you do a colonoscopy, and when you're all the way to the end, you inject the slurry into the colon. And why would I want to do this? For the benefit of science. No, um, the best w studies for this is for uh, C. difficile colitis. Oh, okay. So people who have not been able to be cured from this, it has been shown to be very beneficial. All these other things, uh, irritable bowel, Crohn's disease, um, really not shown benefit yet, and the FDA hasn't approved it for that as of yet. Okay, and this works how? By introducing uh, Normal good flora. bacteria? Yeah. In, okay. So, uh, 
pushing yeah. pushing the Taliban out and replacing it right. with non-radical. That's things. exactly what it is. Yeah. You have bad bacteria, you go to somebody who has good bacteria and there you go. Yeah. So when they do a fecal transplant, do they try to sterilize the person's gut? The, no. The, the, uh, they just do a regular before? clean out if they do the colon round, and then you instill it in and the bacteria take off. There's no antibiotics before. Oh, okay. I thought maybe they tried to get rid of all the bad. And... So, so we, your problem would have to be pretty much a big problem for you to go through this yeah. issue. Yeah, that's a big I, deal. It, it, it is. It, it's a, it is a real big deal because there's no standardization and um, a lot of people don't do this except at big universities. They're trying actually right now to come up with a pill. Oh, something that'll contain it until it gets to where it needs to right. and it'll open. Right. Oh, man. So they're working on that right now. That's a the, hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So it's a bad tasting pill. I had a question about irritable bowel syndrome. You know, we, we talk about it as if something needs to be taken care of. And, you know, in some people, is it just merely an annoyance or is this life changing, um, horrible stuff? To the, the answer is both. Some people, they just say, eh, I got my irritable bowel and they deal with it. And that's uh-huh. it. Other people, it's, I have 20 bowel movements a day. Oh, uh, it affects me at work. If I get any stress, yeah. it, I mean, it can be quite significant. So. Yeah, we've had some patients that will have some kind of a stress in their life, usually work-related. And wow, they are having troubles. Yeah. Okay, so and it's a long-term um, issue. It's not like, okay, I got this just because yeah. uh, I ate something. or No, you know. you, this is not something you have for two weeks out of the year. It's many months, you know, three months out of the year for consecutive years i mean this is a chronic condition yeah something to be and you usually get it when you're younger uh teenagers 20s 30s if someone who's 75 goes i have irritable bowel Mm -hmm. they need a colonoscopy and some other things done before that sounds bad the diagnosis yeah you got to base it on age yeah is there some kind of a um a website or association organization that yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, there are, okay. Mayoclinic.com has a lot of information about irritable bowel. Pretty much any university program does. And then there's uh, IBS uh, web pages uh, for the groups for people you can read about experiences and what they've gone through. Patient. Yeah. Patient-centered, yeah. patient-run. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And you said that's the most one of the most common things that you Absolutely. see? Absolutely. Well, well, I think primary care sees a lot of it. Too. Oh, we do. We yeah, do. it's and a huge problem. And we'll use the SSRIs, common. you know, like you mentioned, yeah. the Prozac class. Sometimes we'll just try amitriptyline, the the uh, tricyclic antidepressants that were used in the seventies uh, that have some side effects. We use um, a lot of it's bloating and gas. Yeah, so, so I use the typically I'll definitely do uh, the probiotics, and then oftentimes we'll use something called Levsin or Dicyclamine or Bentol. Yeah, uh, to treat the spasm. And just use that as needed. Right. Initially, if they're bad, I'll give it to them on a scheduled basis and then slowly back it off. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm trying to remember if medicines like um, Cymbalta, the SNRI, I don't know if that has a place in if people are using that for IBS or not. Are you familiar with Yeah, I know Cymbalta. Um, it's not as, there's not as much study on that as the, okay. uh, as the other ones. I, so, I remember I'd read something on that, but uh, it's been used. It, it didn't change my practice. I'll say that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on IBS Awareness Month. Absolutely. And to review, uh, you know, kind of the after game report for Larry's colonoscopy. And all's good. Yeah, we're glad that uh, you're you're clear for another ten years. Yep. 
uh, we'll have another show on it when it comes time around again. <laughs> Actually, I think I'll be doing my, for mine somewhere in the middle. There you of, go. Yeah. So again, uh, thank you for joining us. Dr. Hill talking about IBS and Larry joining us here. Um, until next time, this is the three of us telling all of you to stay in good health.